When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Dr. Psych Mom Show. Before I start today, obviously, as usual, I would like to tell y'all to subscribe, and um, that will allow me to keep on pumping out all these cool episodes for you. And I have ones on empathy, on neediness, on boundaries, on sex, on parenting, so many different topics. Um, Anyway, today what we are going to talk about is how to figure out what you want to do with the second part of your life for most of the people who are, um, you know, in their 40s and beyond, which is a lot of my, my listeners. Some of them are coming up to the point where they feel like they don't like their career anymore and they may want to switch to something else. So how would somebody go about thinking about a career switch, if especially if you are a primary breadwinner or somebody that, you know, is really, uh, the family's reliant upon your income. So um, a lot of things that I talk about come from talking to a lot of my clients. I have many clients who are very successful and who have um, very successful in their career, but somehow they don't find it fulfilling anymore. And this could be for various reasons. And some of the main reasons include that they've been doing it for so long that it's boring. And uh, some people, they were never really into their career to begin with. And some people, they've been doing a career that's super emotionally taxing for a long time, and so they are burned out. And uh, that one is common for people like myself in the healthcare profession. So uh, what would you do if you didn't do your career? Well, I mean, one good thing to think about is what puts you in flow. And flow is the state where you are not thinking about anything and you don't observe time passing. What are the things that put you into this uh, mode of where you look up and you're like, wow, three hours have passed. How did that happen? So for some people, it's a creative pursuit, like writing or painting or something like that. For some people, it's teaching something to somebody else. For a lot of people, it's a physical activity. For some people, it's uh, just something different than what they usually do. And this thing, at first, you can make it to kind of a side hustle, which is a trendy term for just like a hobby slash money-making thing that you usually are more excited about than your main job. <laughs> so, you know, for example, if you were, uh, you know, in finance, but you wanted to start writing, you could start writing a blog about finance or whatever else. And there are so many people that I work with that are in particular um, lawyers. I mean, this is big. <laughs> work with a lot of lawyers who are bored of shit with what they do because they're super verbal people and they just are always saying the same things over and over, it seems, and they are doing it at a very high level, but it's still kind of the same stuff, um, and they've hacked it, and they've learned to be successful at it, and therefore there's not much of a challenge anymore. So 
uh, one thing to do is this side hustle idea. Figure out something else to do that you actually start doing in a way that perhaps could eventually yield you some more um, of a main piece of the pie of your income and your time, etc. And this is usually the thing that puts you into flow is a good place to start because it isn't it you know it is true that that thing if you do what you love then you'll never work a day in your life but um you know you can stop loving something as much as you did before or you could start loving something else or you could pick an occupation because it's related to something you love but then the occupation itself doesn't turn out to be something that you love that much so figuring out what puts you into flow is a really good place to start and after that you know you also have to think deeply about how much money you really need some people are just on the treadmill of life and on the hamster wheel, and they haven't really revisited any of their financial goals. They haven't really thought much about whether these financial goals are still resonant to them or whether they should be reconfigured in light of subsequent information, such as, uh, you know, you're always saving up for the Ivy League, and then your kid is, you know, smoking weed and doesn't seem they're going to be going to college, you know, and they don't really seem to give a shit. So what are you really saving up hundred thousand dollars for you know this may be a kid that you think is not even may not go to college so what are you really doing and or do you even want to pay entirely for your children's college or do you feel like if possibly if they paid for partially a part of their own college in the way that you may have maybe they would develop some more grit or more of a work ethic or what have you that's just an example of potentially one goal that somebody could look at and say you know what I don't think the same about this as I thought 15 or 20 years ago or even 10 years ago. Also, as people get older, they can often pin career dissatisfaction um, as the cause of their overall dissatisfaction, but you really have to think first before you uh, do anything hasty whether your career dissatisfaction is just uh, depression and whether it would be there anyway. So, you know, wherever you go, there you are is the saying. And um, that's true with careers. So if you are a depressed person, but you just don't want to admit it, then your depression is certainly going to follow you around from career to career. And that's not going to help you or help anybody because then you may, in fact, regret leaving a career because you never got your depression treated. So if everything is happening at once in midlife, and it is a midlife crisis, which is a real thing, where people reexamine, you know, their lives at the midpoint, and you're upset with your marriage and your job and your kids and your friends and your physical fitness and your health and everything else, then it's probably not a career change that you need, but possibly to go into more existentially oriented counseling and figure out who you are, what you want now, and your larger scale goals and values moving forward. I did a podcast, actually a subscription-only podcast about acceptance and commitment therapy that would be helpful that I will uh, link to here that could help you think about these sorts of things, your goals versus your values. So what else could you take into account when you're trying to think about whether you should make a career switch and or what it should be? Well, in addition to that money thing about your financial goals, you need to think about like how much you want to work in general 
and um, what it is doing to your life and what else you could be doing instead of working. So if you are not really interested, so let's say your side hustle is writing, but uh, it's never going to really make that much money, then do you really need to work more than you know, you may have thought that you had to work for 15 years. Well, what if you moved? You know, what if you downsized? What if your spouse, uh, what if more of the money that they were making turned into something that was necessary for the family versus what, you know, just superfluous, a situation that a lot of primary breadwinners are in? What is a way that you could rethink um, how much money you need in relation to how long you want to work for before you would devote yourself to something that is a semi-retired um, uh, project, life project, and doesn't have to be a side hustle, but can be your primary thing. Also, do you want to go back to school? This is not as crazy as it sounds. There's many people who go back to school for all sorts of different things, and that can really put you on a different path as well as opening you up to more options. I know a lot of women in particular go back um, because they had kids, and after having kids, they're more interested in kids. So they go back to something related to children, so they become like, you know, go into child counseling or something like that. So this is a common thing that I know a couple people people that have done is totally changed their career in light of having had children and what that did for their personality and their goals and their uh, career objectives. So if you're trying to think about a lot of this, another thing to think about is what did you learn about work from growing up? This is a major piece of the puzzle that a lot of people do not understand is impacting them as much as it is. If you learn that work is just shit and that it's garbage and that you're mired in it always and you're kind of stuck in the machine, then that's what you are going to think about work. And it may be that your vision and view of work is what needs to be uh, addressed versus actually leaving. Because if you think about all work as shit, then any work that you go to is going to feel just as monotonous and entrapping, you know? And perhaps you need to think about whether your attitude was learned implicitly from what you saw growing up and whether you can reimagine your current job and feel more liberated or free or uh, creative at your current job if you were not hampered by whatever worldview you learned growing up about the limitations of work and how work curtails your freedom and, and is so terrible. And those worldviews that you learned from growing up may have been passed down through generations where people were struggling financially and were working at factories and so forth in a way. And then meanwhile, you have a pretty creative job comparatively, but you just learned the same way of thinking about it as would have made sense for somebody in a sweatshop, you know, and so you didn't interrogate your belief about work deeply. So it ends up poisoning kind of whatever field you go into, no matter how much autonomy or flexibility or, uh, you know, agency or creativity you have. So these are all things to talk about, by the way, with your spouse as well. These are more interesting conversations than just the small talk of what cereal we should buy and what extracurriculars the kids should take. When men and women are coming together talking about how can we jointly 
as a project, maybe reshape our family finances or change our financial goals such that one or both of us can feel more self-actualized. These are extremely interesting conversations that can be very fruitful and productive. Also, as I've discussed many times, women love a project and a huge project of reshaping our lives, possibly moving somewhere, possibly thinking differently about retirement, etc., so that we can really live our best lives together you know, is is an extremely interesting uh, topic that leads to a lot of connection and closeness and interesting discussions. Um, A lot of people, by the way, their dream is to start their own business. And that can frequently be done with a spouse or at least with spouse's emotional support a hell of a lot better than it can be done just on your own. And that would be something else to put into the conversation is what if we started a business doing X, Y, Z? So many people feel that this would be very fulfilling uh, in so many different ways, a whole new venture, but they just never bring it up because of um, how risky it is. So another... Part of the puzzle here is anxiety. So depression makes you feel stuck and hopeless, but anxiety makes you feel like you should never really take any risks at all. And if you grew up in a house with a very anxious parent, then you may think that going out on your own or in any way messing with the status quo is way too dangerous and too much risk. And sometimes that's just anxiety speaking and it isn't real at all. And in fact, if you looked at your finances, you're a lot safer for a lot longer than you would imagine. So these are all important discussions that you could have, A, with a spouse, as I said, B, with a therapist, uh, C, with a friend or with any peer that's in a similar path, you know, of life. So many people like think that they're Uh, peers at work are like so much more satisfied than they are, by the way. And then if they're in an environment where they can have an open conversation with any of these people, they frequently learn that they're not the only one that hates their job. (laughs) And uh, and a lot of people do think that they're the only one, especially at high levels, because everybody hides it as part of the culture. But if you even just know one other person that's struggling existentially in the same way that you are, that can give you a lot of validation and uh, reassurance assurance and in fact even confidence to think about different options because then it isn't just you it's like the industry or another person that you respect that's struggling with similar uh, challenges so hopefully this podcast made you think a little bit about these sorts of issues that many struggle with alone on career and meaning of life and what you should do when you hit a certain age. This age is usually when your kids are either out of the house or you can see the writing on the wall that you're not having any more kids and you could see it's a straight shot until they are out of the house at some point soon. And this is when a lot of people struggle with these sorts of existential meanings of life issues frequently in the realm of who they're married to, as I discussed so many times, but also equally as often in terms of career and what their greater uh, meaning is going to be. And one last question that you could always ask yourself when you're struggling with the meaning of your life is what do you want written on your gravestone? And this is a good question to ask yourself to think, what do I really value? Because if what you want written on your tombstone is something so different than what your current day-to-day life looks like, you know, like if you want, you know, loving father and husband and avid, you know, uh, 
sportsmen and whatever else, but then literally most of what you do is sit at your office. Well, then what you're doing is not living in accordance with your values. And it's no wonder that you don't feel terribly good day to day because, as I discuss in the Acceptance and Commitment Goals podcast, you got to be living in accordance with your values for your life to feel coherent and integrated, which is what's going to make you feel not depressed and not anxious, but in fact, eager and interested and motivated and um, engaged in your life as a whole. So um, if you like this podcast, please do subscribe, especially so you could hear that other one that I'm going to link you to uh, that's so relevant. And I will talk to everybody soon. Have a great day, guys.